Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the No Notes podcast. This is H Double. And as you can see, I'm not joined by Matty B tonight. I'm doing this episode alone. Matt is busy with a lot of college stuff going on. I think his spring break is coming up because he's going to be traveling this weekend. And so I figured I'd do this episode alone because I wasn't really able to find a guest host on time that would work for the time schedule. And so I figured I would sit down and I do this episode myself. It, it feels weird that Matt's not here with me right now. I hope he's doing well with his school. And I'm just going to, it, it feels weird. The, the vibe is different. I don't have him to, to talk with. It's a little, you know, it's all on me, but I've noticed when I listen back on the podcast, I do like to talk a lot. So I, I think once I get going, I'll, I'll be all right. And the last time you guys saw us was Monday and my birthday was past Friday. And at the same time, I ended up testing positive for COVID and I had to quarantine during my birthday. So I did not do the podcast and feel like it. And Matt actually recorded a birthday episode special for me that I haven't seen yet. He had some some problems with it and he some technical difficulties is what I'll say. He didn't know how to upload it. So we're actually going to be uploading that tomorrow. So this episode today on Friday is just going to be me. And then tomorrow you guys are going to see Matt himself. And I, I haven't seen it yet either. So it'll be the first time I see it. You'll see that on Saturday. So we're giving you guys a little weekend episode to make up for our lack because we wanted to do one earlier this week as well. But Matt was really busy. And the one night he was free, I had internet problems. So we were not able to meet up on that. So we are going to make it up to you guys. I got this episode for you today. You'll see Matt tomorrow. Next week, we're hopefully going to have a third person with us finally to co-host one of our friends. And so if you're interested in co-hosting with us, just send us a message. We're always down. It's something we want to do. And yeah, so as you know, we're, we're no notes, but the only notes I have are, are my topics. So I can just stay in order, but I have, I have no notes going into this, but I, I had to do an episode today because there's just been so much sports news this week, so much good stuff, especially in, in the NFL world. And I, I just had to get an episode in. And that's why I'm here sitting here doing this one alone today, even though I don't have anyone to, to co-host with me. Just the amount of, of meat that the sports world has provided for an episode was just too much to resist. And so here I am. And I want to just start off the episode first by saying shout out to the MLB, which finally got the season. You know, they agreed and they got the season rolling and they're not supposed to miss any games. They're going to find a way to do that. And I also saw they're maybe changing the playoff structure to like 12 teams, but baseball's coming back. They finally agreed to a deal. Thankfully, it wasn't that long. I predicted it'd be a while. And I was wrong. So I'm, I'm happy about that. Only two weeks that they had delayed, but they're supposed to make them up. So really good news and, you know, good way to, to kick it off. So shout out to the MLB and happy for them. And I'm excited to watch a lot of baseball this summer because that, that is something I, I plan to do. So super excited that baseball is back. But jumping right into the big meat of the episode, this we're going to just go right into it. This is the biggest news of the week, I would say, turned a lot of heads around and shook up the NFL landscape, I would say. And that is, as you guys know, Russell Wilson getting the Seahawks trading Russell Wilson to the Broncos. And I'm not going to go over the, the full trade. I just know it was a couple players, a couple of young, good young players and five picks. And then the Broncos got like a fourth round pick and Russell Wilson in the deal. And that is the you know, the details of the trade. And 
wow, oh, wow, was this, uh, I think this was a, a shock, you know, to a lot of us, even though it seemed like Russell Wilson, the writing was kind of on the wall on his time in Seattle. And, you know, he didn't officially request a trade, but, you know, he had said, if I were to get traded, these are the four teams I would want. And Denver was one of them. And that's where he ends up. And so I bet for a Seahawks fan how tough this this must feel because of the emotional side of it. You know, Russell Wilson was there for 11 years, won a Super Bowl, should have won a second. You know, they had a dynasty there. You know, he'd been their your franchise quarterback for, you know, so long. And, you know, he, he loved Seattle. Seattle loved him. And to see him go, I'm sure it was really, you know, sad and frustrating. And I know a lot of people are upset about it. And a lot of people didn't think this was going to happen. And when I, when I think about it, you know, for Seattle on like breaking it down about the actual trade, I, I do think that this isn't as bad as a move as people are giving them credit for. I, I think it's better than what people are saying. I, I don't think it's great. Obviously you had to trade away or you trade away a franchise quarterback and, you know, that's really hard and rare nowadays, but with Seattle, you know, they obviously were in a really tough spot with the cap and Russell Wilson took up a lot of that cap. And I just personally didn't see them going much further with Russell Wilson anyways in these next few years, just because of how many holes they have to fill there in Seattle. And how they have like not that much flexibility to do so. And so this is the start to a clean slate. And I think that's what Seattle has to do if they want to get back into contention because Russell Wilson is 33 and I'll get to the Broncos side of it in a sec, but you know, he's not necessarily young anymore. You know, even though you can still get some good years out of him, I just don't know if Seattle could succeed with him there. And for Russell Wilson, you know, I think it's a breath of fresh air and Denver was one of the teams that he, requested and and for good reason because you know they're very very talented team really good on defense really good on offense the seattle o-line was was not very good at all and so russell wilson had a lot of you know energy he had to expend because he was just having to make plays in seattle and so you know i, I just think that you know the time was was coming and even though it, it, pro it definitely stings and it's going to be weird to not see him in a Seahawks jersey I don't think it was too bad for the Seahawks you know they got I know they got Noah Fant um pretty young you know tight end he, he's a pretty good tight end they got a good uh rusher I believe young rusher forgot his name off the top of my head and Drew Locke of course whatever with him I don't think he's really gonna do much there anyways but you know obviously all the picks so and also, as you you know, Seattle released Bobby Wagner. So it really shows that they are going to a full rebuild tank. And so obviously the first move with that was training with Russell Wilson. And, you know, for Seattle, I'd give them like a, a C plus maybe. Uh, it's not anything. They didn't get anything crazy per se. They got a good haul. I would, I would say, I don't know if they could have gotten more. You know, I'm not sure about that because it is Russell Wilson, but Obviously, you know, when you trade something like that, it's going to put them out of contention for the next few years at least. But like I said, to start kind of the the scratchy, the scratching the surface of a rebuild, I don't think it's a bad move by Seattle at all. And I don't I mean, maybe, they'll, you know, they got this ninth pick now from the Broncos. Maybe they take a quarterback in this year's draft. You don't know because now they have that pick because obviously they got Jamal Adams, which took up a lot of assets when they were still trying to compete a few years ago and now you wonder they're going to trade him too or or whatever so yeah i seattle it's it's going to be tough for the next few years seeing russ go is going to be sad but 
not not a terrible move by the Seahawks. I think they're getting too much backlash. But I, I really think that if they really wanted to make a rebuild, I, I think that this was the move, and I don't think they were going to be able to win really with Russell Wilson still. So, And I think you could kind of see that coming too, which is why the whole trade kind of rumors were, were, were popping up. And so now we go over to Denver. And for De- on Denver's side of this, I don't just like this trade for Denver. I love this trade for Denver. I think that, yes, a lot of people might have said they overpaid. I don't think that's the case at all. They didn't have to give up Sertan or Judy because I know a couple of friends of mine who like the Broncos and a couple of analysts were surprised that, you know, Sertan wasn't in the deal. They thought for sure they're going to have to give him up. They didn't have to. And I don't think that even if they did, it still would have been worth it because there really is no price to pay for a quarterback, you know, especially a quarterback of that caliber, a franchise quarterback, because this is a quarterback driven league and it is the most important position in football today. And to get someone like that, you know, I really can't, don't think you can overpay in that situation. You know, look at the Rams with Matt Stafford from this past year, you know, they got the championship. That's kind of the Broncos right now. And so the Broncos get an A plus just off of first analysis. Cause yes, Russell Wilson is 33. I mentioned that before, but He's Tom Brady like in his attitude and demeanor towards his longevity and his fitness of his career because he is extremely durable. He had this finger injury this past year, which I really think was, you know, that was kind of a freak injury. And that really was a big reason why his play was not so good. Because I know a lot of people were, you know, like his, he didn't play that well these past few years. And I, I relate the injury to some of that. And I also just relate kind of, you know, obviously a, a not a talent as talented team in Seattle compared to Denver, which has a better O line, definitely, and that's gonna help a lot than Seattle did. And so Russ had to do a lot. And I just think he was a little bit uninspired when he was playing. He didn't seem not like he was tanking, but you know, I, I do think the fresh sheen is gonna really rebuild and rebrand Russell Wilson. I think that he can be a top 10 quarterback this upcoming year. I, I personally do. And I think Denver's got the team to do that. And, you know, he's, yeah, I said he's 33, but he's been extremely durable. And I think he can get at least another good five years out of him. He wants to play till he's 40. I think he can play at a high level till 40. If I had to say, if he keeps up, you know, how much he puts into his body, just like Tom Brady. And he's a franchise quarterback. He's been to a two Super Bowls. He's won a Super Bowl. He has the ability to do that. And, you know, that's really what Denver needed. They had one of the best defenses this past year, third in points allowed and third in yards allowed per game. And now that they have, you know, their their struggle was just putting points on the board. But now you got Russell Wilson and, you know, points are going to, you know, they're going to come. And, you know, you got Javante Williams, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick. You just trade away Noah Fant, but, you know, that you can maybe get another tight end in there. But, you know, a much better O-line than Seattle's had the last few years. That's going to help him greatly. I just think that, the, you know, it's a mile high. Denver, I think the, the sky is miles high for Denver. And I'm normally not one to jump on hype. You know, I, I like to, to stay away from hype and really be like, uh, I'm not sure I want to see this. And I know it's early, but I, I mean, this is one of those, those things to me where it just feels like I'm already on the hype train with Russell Wilson, because I really do think a a bounce back year is coming for him. 
And I really think the Broncos are going to be contenders. They're definitely going to be a playoff team as long as he stays healthy with the talent they already have, especially on the defensive side. And I wouldn't be surprised if they make it to the Super Bowl, you know, when the AFC, I, I could see that for sure with that team. And so I personally, I'm in on the hype, even though it's early. And I'm normally someone who tries to like, be like, well, let's, let's see first. I don't really jump into it, but this is just like a perfect, you know, situation for the Broncos, I would say. And I am all for it personally. And I think that, you know, Russell Wilson is, is a great fit for them, for the Broncos with, you know, the pieces they have. And obviously we'll see how he mesh, uh, meshes with Nathaniel Hackett, a new coach. I think it'll go well though. I think Russ, you know, is a good leader, good guy, really good guy. And, you know, I think the Denver fans are obviously probably extremely ecstatic right now. And I would be too. And I know the AFC West is loaded with talent and everyone was talking about the, the AFC West quarterbacks best in division in football. That's definitely true. You know, when Derek Carr, I think everyone can agree is number four, is the worst quarterback in the division. You know that it's a good division of quarterbacks. And, you know, a lot of people are putting Russell Wilson at three behind Mahomes and Herbert, which I can agree with. I mean, honestly, I would probably put him there just off his last few years, but I, I do think he could be better than Herbert. I, I mean, just Herbert's young, though, super talented, such a good quarterback. He's got a great future, but I think the rejuvenation of Russ, what we can see this year, I think he could be the second best, two best quarterback in the AFC West, if I'm being honest. And, you know, that's going to be tough to have to play all those three teams twice, six games of your schedule. But I definitely could see the Broncos winning the AFC West with that good defense. And now with this offense, you know, already got weapons at receiver, you know, you got great uh, young running back, uh, the, it's just yeah <laughs> i i'm all for it and i think that russ wilson is the perfect fit for the broncos and this leads me to my next point about what happened earlier that day actually that cut got completely overshadowed by the russell wilson trade completely overshadowed and that was aaron Rodgers re-signing with green bay you know that i saw one thing about it i think it was like aaron Rodgers re-signing i was like oh okay 20 minutes later the russell i get a text about the russell wilson trade from matt and like, I completely forget about the Aaron Rodgers thing until later that night when he said the, the, that's not the details of the contract. That's not what I signed, which some analysts think that he was just like doing that to try and get the, the spotlight back on him because it got taken away from the Russell Wilson trade. And I, th I just thought that was funny. So I'm actually going to bring up a, a text from my friend because he has a, a different argument about this because I personally think that where is it? Let me pull this up. Okay. Yeah. I think that, and, and I've heard some, some stuff about this. I mean, we don't know for sure, but I, I do think the Broncos plan a, as you could call it, their main focus was Aaron Rodgers, And that's, you know, obviously Nathaniel Hackett coming from green Bay, it made sense. And it seemed like that was going to happen if he didn't stay, which I personally thought Aaron Rodgers would stay. And obviously they got Devontae Adams back. I'm sure once he found that out, he was definitely in, but I really did think the Broncos plan was to get Aaron Rodgers and, but they were, they were still talking with Seattle about Russell Wilson. Cause you know, they didn't want to put all their eggs in one basket. And once Aaron Rodgers was confirmed and no, they went right into the Russell Wilson deal. And that's why it got done so qu much quicker after the Aaron Rodgers trade. And that's just my opinion because it makes the most sense. But like my friend, you know, he's a big Broncos fan. So maybe a little bias. I, he, he has a good point, but he said, 
We started the deal weeks ago. I honestly think Rogers waits so long to announce his return because he wanted to come to Denver if we didn't get a deal done with Seattle. And then that's what he said. So he thinks the deal is already done once with Wilson. Once it was, then Aaron Rodgers re-signed with Green Bay. But who knows? Like I said, it, you, you really don't know with uh, today's day and age. It's just stories flying everywhere with the media. But I think, you know, personally, Wilson should have been there playing A. I mean, of course, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers, but I think Russell Wilson is a way better uh, fit for them, like I said. And I think they got – I mean, I won't, don't want to say lucky, but I think it's very fortunate that they got him instead of Aaron Rodgers because I don't think Aaron Rodgers would have been as good of a fit in Denver with, you know, kind of – you know, question his morals a little bit. He's definitely older. He's 39. So, you know, you don't know how much you're going to get out of him. Obviously, his playoff failure is a big concern. And, you know, game, you know, game winning drives, Russell Wilson has more better deal too. you know, Aaron Rodgers, he got what 50 million a year now. So Russell Wilson's, you know, he's obviously expensive, but he's cheaper than that. It's just a better deal for the Broncos in terms of like cap and all. So it works out way more for them. And so I, I think them not getting Aaron Rodgers is actually a blessing in disguise. And like, you know, like my friend said, maybe Russell Wilson was the plan all along. You never know. So, yeah. But. Aaron Rodgers re-signing. I, I want to talk about Aaron Rodgers just a little bit. I, you know, if you're Green Bay, it, it's it's obviously everyone's super happy that he came back. You know, Pack Nation. You know, Aaron Rodgers just is super annoying when he just talks about like like how he said that's not the the deal of the contract. You know, that's not specific details. It's just like who cares? You know, he you know Aaron Rodgers is kind of like that. He's just kind of that's why I said you question his morals a little bit. Um, 50 million a year, though, I don't do not, I don't think that's worth it at all for Aaron Rodgers. But it kind of sucks. If you're Green Bay, you're kind of stuck there because it's like if you let him go, you know, it's Aaron Rodgers. Like, what are you going to do about that? I mean, he's amazing throwing the football, you know, and transcendent throw of the football. He makes amazing, you know, plays. And I've heard, obviously, about how he, you know, is like the regular season MVP. He's won it this past two years played amazing and then in the playoffs you know he's been a, a choker he has struggled in the playoffs and you know like specifically like this 49ers game too you know packer weather as they call it and you know he has the ball especially when the clutch two times when the fourth quarter and then he gets four yards total in the two drives so you know that doesn't get it done and i mean that's just so much money and of course the packers are still gonna be good and you know, they have Devontae Adams back, but it's just like, can you trust Aaron Rodgers at this point? And like, how far can he lead you? But at the same time, just like, what do I, if you're the Packers, what do you do if it's not Aaron Rodgers? You know, Jordan Love, maybe, but I know a lot of people don't, you know, he's in a tough situation. Obviously when they drafted him, it really did motivate Aaron Rodgers to have two amazing seasons these past two years when of course they could have taken, you know, a receiver, or something to help Aaron Rodgers, but would he, he had played as well? We don't know for sure, but you know, like the, you know, they might trust Jordan Love. I don't know, but not really. I don't think they do. I think, you know, Aaron's their guy. It's like, who else are they going to do? But 50 million for that, for that guy is, is way too much. And, you know, I think another reason he, he wanted to stay though was, was comfort, you know, and being in Green Bay. So if he goes to Denver, there's probably going to be really high expectations and, whole new, you know, scenario, situation, new players. And Aaron Rodgers is kind of don't want to like, 
assume anything, but he seems more like a diva type of player. And so having to go through all that with like a new, you know, coaches and new team kind of to like ways that he likes it, you could say like more of his preferences, it would be tough. And so there's a, there's comfort in staying in green Bay. Cause he's been there so long, you know, Matt four has been there a few years now. So he's got the, the gist down and Devontae's coming back, you know, all that stuff. So, and plus the, the fat money, you know, I don't know what would have happened if he got, you know, traded to the Broncos, blah, 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 whatever. So would he have gotten as much money? So he obviously got this big deal from the Packers. So, yeah, I mean, if you're a Packers fan, I mean, you're probably happy because it is Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, but there comes the point, how much do you trust him in the postseason? And can he, you know, if he's plays for the next couple of years, I don't think he's going to play much longer than like two or three. Is he going to win a Super Bowl in that time? I mean, I, I don't think so personally, but that is just me. So that was the other big news of the day that got completely overshadowed. But Aaron Rodgers is back with the Packers. And now the Broncos, you know, they got Russell Wilson. So those were the biggest quarterbacks that were potentially on the market, you could say. And so the next quarterback, because there's, there's a lot of QB shuffling, a lot of rumors going on, you know, you got the draft coming up, then you've got Deshaun Watson. He's got his thing tomorrow. And so that could potentially clear him. He's got his jury ruling thing, whatever. I don't really know the law that well, but that could be big for his future. And obviously he's not playing for the Texans. So some team is going to get him if he is cleared and is able to play again, you know, doesn't get banned or go, go to jail, whatever. So that's another big one. So there's a lot of, of shuffling, you know, there's still some guys out there like Kirk Cousins, Jimmy G. And I think that's it because Carson Wentz, who was also on the market kind of got traded yesterday to the commanders, the Colts trade him for, a second and a sixth or something or fifth. No, it wasn't a third. I, I don't remember. I, I can't get my specific trades details uh, picked up. Don't, don't call me out on that. If you want to look it up, you can, you just, they basically trade him for picks. So this is Carson Wentz's third team in three seasons and the commanders are going to roll with Carson Wentz as their quarterback and thinking he might be the next best option. Cause obviously like Jimmy G was available i've heard potentially kirk cousins is available i think he would definitely have been the best option but i don't know if the vikings are trading him blah 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 so you know carson wentz is was also rumored to be traded it seemed like a sure thing he did get traded to the commanders and you know carson wentz was the second overall pick and he showed a lot of potential his second year the year they actually won the super bowl but it was Nick Foles who led him to the Super Bowl because Carson Wentz got injured a couple of weeks before the season ended, and he was on his way to the regular season MVP. He really was. He was going to win that. I think it was like two weeks maybe before the season ended, three weeks that he got injured, and he didn't end up winning it. I think it was Tom Brady who won. But Carson Wentz was on the cusp of winning that regular season MVP. Great year. That Philly team was really good. Um, but, you know, when he came back, he was just never the same, and there's – been questions of you know still even during his MVP season about his mechanics and I've, and then I've definitely heard a lot of questions about his character and his leadership and morale and all that and I you know like there's a story about the Philly players making a shrine for Nick Foles because they much preferred Nick Foles when he was quarterback compared to Carson Wentz and you know he was not really respected in the locker room kind of a diva type of 
feel with Carson Wentz. Uh, and, you know, that's what the Eagles felt with him. And obviously his play has suffered. Uh, I think he lost confidence throughout, you know, after his injury and just having, you know, tough time and didn't play well last year with the Eagles. Not really well the year before, even though they won the division, you know, but then, you know, the Eagles are like, well, we're done with you. You're not worth it. Um, you know, they have not saying Jalen Hurts is the future, but they had Jalen Hurts. So like, well, we could just play him instead this year. And so they, they ended up getting, you know, Carson Wentz for a first from the Colts. I know that, which is a lot, obviously, because the Colts with Frank Reich uh, as the coach, who coached Carson Wentz in Philly when he had his great season, you know, he had been the one coach who had really succeeded with them. And so it made sense on paper and it's like a fresh start. The Colts are extremely talented and, you know, it, it was just like this, this is, if he's going to succeed again and be a, a starting quarterback, a good quarterback to lead us on a postseason run, then this is the team to do it. So that's why they went out and got him, you know, and his stats weren't, weren't bad, obviously 27 touchdowns, seven picks. If I remember, I've been listening to a lot of sports podcasts. So that's how I'm kind of, knowing some of these uh, stats that I've heard from, from analysts saying it, but he just, you know, when I've watched him and he's looked good at times and he's got a really, you know, really good frame, honestly, really good arm, a lot of natural talent, but comes on the mechanics again. He, you know, he misses a lot of throws. He's very inaccurate. He throws the ball really hard, especially on short routes, you know, which has made it tough for players to catch it. And he's kind of got, you know, some, a little bit of Matt Stafford, a little bit of Jimmy G in him with, his stupid picks you could call his stupid plays where it's just like boneheaded like what were you thinking it was just a really bad decision really bad idea and you know he's done that did that a few times you know this season and I think the you know obviously all the character issues aside which was obviously a big part of him getting traded from the Colts you know the other big factor into the Carson Wentz thing with the fallout with the Colts was the fact that they were nine and five and they'd been, you know, they got hot. They started off slow. He didn't play well. Then he, then he picked it up. You know, they, they didn't have the toughest schedule, you know, the AFC South, not very good of a division Texans Jags. I mean, Titans are, are solid. The, the only team that's able to, but you know, Jags and Texans, those are really, you know, four easy wins, you know, should be for the team of the Colts caliber. And so they, you know, they got on a hot streak and they got to nine and five and, you know, they'd won. I know they won a winning streak and Jonathan Taylor was playing great. Obviously, you know, best running back in the league this past year, you could argue had the best season, definitely. And it was looking really good for the Colts. They were nine and five and, you know, Carson Wentz was playing solid. Like he was playing good. I don't know if any of the character stuff was an issue or anything, but what was an issue was the last two games which it was the Raiders at home that they lost and Carson Wentz did not play very well at all. And then the really bad one, the, the complete meltdown was, you know, at Jacksonville, the Jags, you win, you're in, you know, you're nine and six at this point. If you win, you're in the playoffs against, you know, the lifeless Jags who were what one in at that point, one in 16. Right. So they, yeah, one in 16, I think, cause there's 18 games now. So, you know, you're playing against that team. Right. And Carson Wentz was awful. I mean, terrible in that game. His QBR, I, I remember hearing from Skip Bayless, his QBR was four in that game. He was he was downright terrible. And they 
loss to the Jags, it was kind of over once it started. I remember looking at the scoreboard when I was I was watching the the Ravens game because I cared more about that because we had a chance to make the playoffs, blah, blah, blah. We lost anyways. But I was looking, I was like, the Colts are – it was like 6-23. to It's like, what is going on? And, and Carson Wentz, you know, he had a pick. I know he had a fumble and just, you know, not – you know, maybe a touchdown, but not that many yards. Just played awful. And, you know, they lost and boom, they're out of the playoffs. And, you know, that was when it was just like, I think for the Colts, like we've seen enough, you know, we're done with you. And Frank Reich had to be like, I'm sorry, you know, I, I own it. I take this one. I want you guys to go get him. And, you know, it didn't pay off and it was a complete meltdown. So that's when, the, yeah, the Colts just said we're, we're done with Carson Wentz. And here he goes to the commanders now. And, you know, they gave up what a, a second or third, can't remember exactly, but I mean, like, I don't know the exact, I don't know the exact details of his contract, if he's got like a year or two years left for the commanders. I, I, I don't think it's a bad trade. I, I don't know what else they, they could have drafted a quarterback. Yes. Um, maybe, you know, obviously Jimmy G was rumored and, and also could have gotten him, but I don't know. I, I was, I said this last year, I said, I, it's a lot of people are kind of, meh on the Colts deal. I thought it was a, a solid, you know, risk for Carson Wentz. I was like, this is the team that he can win. You know, if he's good enough, he will win with because they are good enough. And, you know, the commanders did not play good football this past year, especially on defense when they're supposed to have a good defense. But, you know, Taylor Heineke is kind of, you don't know what you're going to get with him. He's he's not really a starting quarterback, in my opinion. He's more of a, he's a good backup, if I had to say. But I don't know if Carson Wentz is, is much better than that I, I don't know I just think if you're the commanders you probably should have just stuck with Heineke I don't think Wentz is much of an upgrade if it was like Kirk Cousins that would make more sense you know, bring Kirk Cousins back I doubt that would have happened but Jimmy G even I don't know if he's I don't know if he's much better than Wentz I do think he's a little bit better in terms of being able to win games but both of them make stupid decisions that's for sure and Wentz has more talent but I just question you know Wentz is off the field stuff, you know, which is really important. So I, I don't really know if it's worth, I don't, th- I don't think it's worth it. It's not that I don't know. I personally don't think it was worth it for Washington to make this trade. Maybe they're just like one last flyer on him, you know, cause he's got talent, see where it goes. It's, I don't know if they have much to lose anyways. Um, maybe they wait till next year to get a quarterback in the draft or something, but I, I don't think it's a good trade. And now, you know, you wonder what the Colts are going to do. Uh, they might get Jimmy G. They might draft someone. You don't know. So I if you're the Colts, it sucks. You thought maybe you had your guy. You don't. You still look for a quarterback because that team is that this close to, to winning. They just need a quarterback. And they, they thought they might have had it with Carson Wentz. That wasn't it. And so, you know, if you're the commanders, I, I don't know if he's going to do that. I don't think he's going to do that well. So I don't really know that their plan is. I, I think it's just a last second flyer, last minute flyer. Like if you we're going to go get this guy. He's got talent. Maybe he can turn it around, but I don't see really – because the NFC East is obviously suspect. You never know what the Cowboys are. Definitely the most talented team, but they still can flop on their face. The Eagles, you don't know. on The Giants are the Giants. So that's still a division you can win, definitely. And Carson Wentz is back in the NFC East now. So, yeah. But I, it doesn't make much sense to me. Maybe uh, – I'm just not skept- – I'm not high on it. I'm skeptical. I, I doubt it'll work out, and then he'll probably be gone from the commanders after this year. And he might not be a starter again, but he would be a good backup. 
but he did get starter money and like real big starter money. So he has gotten his, his paycheck. So yeah, Carson Wentz to the commanders. That was the next topic. And now the last football topic on the agenda is the Khalil Mack trade, which happened today because I, I am filming this on Thursday episodes going up tomorrow, but Khalil Mack got traded to the chargers, the bears trade Khalil Mack to the chargers. I think I mixed this up one up with the Carson Wentz trade because the Chargers gave up a sixth, a sixth and a second, which I think I said for the Wentz one. But yes, yeah, a sixth, a sixth and a second. I, I don't know why I'm mixing it up. It should be a second and a sixth. Anyways, that's what the Chargers gave up to get Khalil Mack. Obviously, the Bears gave up a lot for Khalil Mack, and now they trade him for less than what they got him for, which you know, you never want to do that. But I mean, Khalil Mack. You know, he's a really good player, really talented. He is getting up there. And we saw what he did with Oakland. He was phenomenal, really changed, you know, the dynamic and was a generational type of player, just a havoc on defense. He was a force. And when he got to the Bears and, you know, he has that huge, had that huge contract, whatever, he didn't really play like that, had some injury issues. You know, he was good, but he wasn't like that level of good. And so he's still on that tough contract real big contract and that's why the bears are trading him because they just don't think that he's worth anymore or that you know they have other plans they want to do so they need cap space and for the chargers you know i mean a six and a second isn't that much i mean a second is decently high in value but you know still for someone like khalil mack yes he's on a big contract but you could still get you know some really good you know, value out of him. He can, if he can get back to that level of injuries, don't, you know, slow him down. Like they have the past few years, especially this past year, he could be really good. And obviously pair him with Joey Bosa and you've got a really good pass rush and the Chargers defense is, you know, looking pretty good. They've already got some, some pieces and now they add Khalil Mack to help out. And it's a lot to like, if you're, you know, LA uh, Chargers, not Rams, if you're the, the Chargers, well, there's a lot to like if you're the Rams too, because you just won the Super Bowl, but Yes, you know, obviously you got the offense, and now you add someone like that on the defense to pair with Joey Boza. So that's going to really be tough for O-lines if Clue Mack can get back to that because they have to worry about both of them. So I personally like the trade. I, I guess the Bears, you know, they already got Justin Fields, so they got their quarterback. And I do – obviously they're going to be making some some moves, and I do think they're kind of doing another rebuild-ish type of year, um, kind of get some – some things figured out, get some salary shedded and make some moves. But, you know, obviously train Khalil Mack, that, that means that you are, I wouldn't say tanking, but you're definitely, you know, not really trying to compete for it all this year, you know, taking this year as another build, build your up year and kind of, you know, clean slate, training someone like that, you know, give you more cap. And so it makes sense for the bears. Cause I think Justin Fields, you know, and in a couple of years, you know, could be, you know, really good. Maybe, you know, this next year is probably going to still be a developmental year, blah, blah, blah. New coach, you know, a lot to, to, lot to learn, a lot to adjust to. So the trade makes sense for both teams. I think the Chargers are at that point now where it's like, we're ready to compete, we're ready to win. They've already got, you know, really talented pieces. Um, obviously, like I said, the offense, the defense, you know, Joey Boza, I forgot, Derwin James too, really talented. Uh, so they're ready to win now. And, you know, this is a trade that makes sense for them. And I, I like I like the trade for, for both teams in, in terms of where, what they're trying to do. And hopefully it pans out for the Chargers because they've definitely got a team to compete. And obviously now 
with Russell going to the Broncos, I'm sure the AFC West is going to be insanely tough to win in. And that's maybe another motivation or motive as to why they made this trade because they really need to get pressure like on Russell Wilson, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Derek Carr. If Derek Carr does stay in Oakland, which that is another quarterback that could be on the move potentially like the Colts, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see about that. That was the quarterback I was, I was thinking of that I couldn't remember off the top of my head when I was mentioning the potential quarterbacks on the move. So that is the Khalil Mack trade. And that kind of recaps all of the NFL stuff right now. There's obviously some franchise tags, not really going to go into that. Um, nothing too crazy, but couple franchise tags like Jacecki, Dalton Schultz, um, Chris Godwin, Dante Adams already mentioned. Oh, I will mention uh, the Cowboys plan to release Amari Cooper or trade him. So that that's interesting. See who wants Amari Cooper because he's a little weird. You could say he doesn't really show much emotion. He's kind of, you, know, you don't know, like he's just kind of a question mark, but you know, he's really talented, really good route runner. So got to see where he goes, but yeah, the Cowboys are playing to move on from him. But, yeah, with free agency coming up really soon, I think it's going to be fun to see where everyone goes. There's going to be, you know, Matt and I are definitely going to talk about all of the moves and the impacts it has on the teams. But this week has already been, you know, great start, a generational trade with Russell Wilson. You know, the potential steal of the whole NFL history, honestly, getting a guy like that um, if you're the Broncos – so that was just, you know, generational mind-blowing news, honestly, to see that. And obviously a couple of these other things, too. So, I'm, you know, that wraps up with the NFL. There's going to be a lot more that's coming up. So I'm super excited to talk about that. But I just want to talk a little bit about March Madness now. Selection Sunday is coming up this Sunday. We're in the midst of conference tournaments right now. And I, you know, March Madness is my favorite sporting event of all time, personally. I'm a huge March Madness guy. I was born in March, love the month of March, spring break, just great times. And, you know, March Madness is going to be, it's going to be awesome. I mean, you've already seen, you know, like Matt and I talked about a couple weeks ago, the top six teams lost all on the same day. You know, you've seen already, it's already March. You've seen a couple buzzer beaters. There was one for the SOCON, which is the Southern Conference Championship from Chattanooga, which knocked off Furman. You know, I big Valley guy, Missouri State, unfortunately lost by one in overtime of the semis against Drake. But I watched a lot of Valley, the Valley tournament being in quarantine, just really competitive, high level basketball. And I know all these tournaments are especially I love the mid-major tournaments. I love the mid-majors that come into the tournament, you know, especially the 11, 12, 13 seeds, 14 seeds that are mid-majors always on the lookout for them. And then you've got the big tournaments like the ACC. Big East, Big 12, Big 10. Those tournaments are all going on right now. And, you know, that's going to be high-level basketball, obviously. And so it's going to be a super, you know, fun tournament. And super, it's, it's March again. You can feel the March magic. You kind of felt it last year, but this year, you know, it's back. And I get another example, Michigan blew a huge lead in the second half. Up, you know, Rutgers, or not Rutgers, Indiana, which needed a win to stay in the bubble, went on like a 29-4 to run the second half to come back and beat Michigan in the big 12 quarters or the second round, whatever first round of, you know, however they, they format those tournaments. So that happened. And, you know, Virginia tech won a buzzer beater last night in the ACC second round to go into the quarters and like Syracuse just bowed it out with Duke and the quarters, a really good game. I saw 
And so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit about the bubble teams as well. And then that'll, that'll wrap up this solo episode of the no notes podcast, which is basically just the H double rant podcast where I talk the whole time about sports, but so the bubble teams that I know of, uh, you know, Rutgers is on there and like Memphis is there. I'm actually going to pull it up, but the, the first one I, I can think of is, is Rutgers. A lot of big 10 schools are on the bubble. And so I am going to pull up the bubble schools. I, sorry, no notes. I wasn't prepared for this. I can't think of all of them off the top of my head, but I'm pulling them up now. Hmm. If only I can find bubble teams. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So anyways, oh, I'm pulling that up. I'm going to talk about Rutgers a little bit because I know they're right on the bubble. I think they should. It's weird with them. They, they've beaten really good teams. I know they beat Wisconsin. They beat Purdue. They've beaten, um, I think. Michigan, you know, they, they, you know, Big Ten is a really good conference. I think that it is, you know, the best conference in basketball. I, I ranked that a couple of, you know, months ago. I think the Big Ten is the best. And so, you know, Rutgers, you know, great wins over quality programs, but then they have some really bad losses as well against some of the low Big Ten teams. But I still think the Big Ten, no matter, you know, from top to bottom is really tough. And so I hope like Rutgers can get in. Now, obviously, Indiana was squarely on the bubble. They won today against Michigan, which is huge. And if they win tomorrow, then they're they're definitely going to play uh, in the tournament, I feel like. And St. Louis, they're on the bubble, represent Kevin. That's where he goes to med school. They are on the next four out, the A-10, representing the A-10. So, you know, Miami's there. They are – oh, they won at the buzzer in overtime against Boston College. So – more March March moments. A lot of ACC teams on the bubble too. I think Notre Dame is there, who's the two seed in the ACC tournament. Crazy Virginia Tech uh, is there. They also got the buzzer beater. They're still alive. They really needed that win. So if they can win again, you know, St. John's is is there. Virginia, Oregon, Oregon is you know they had a really rough start. They picked it up. A lot of great teams on the bubble. You know, Florida. Wake Forest, Xavier, BYU. I don't know how BYU is on the bubble personally. They did not play well this season. I I don't think Matt even thinks they should be on the bubble, but they are, so they could get in. Uh, it's you know, it's the bubble is always really tough because there's all there's just so many like teams to consider, and you already know people are going to disagree with some of them, and obviously those teams sweat it out. But you know, once you get in, all you need is a chance. And like UCLA, first four, they go to the final four. Syracuse. Barely got in his 11th seed, sweet 16. You know, you've seen, you know, teams that just, if they get a chance, the committee thinks they deserve it, they can do some damage. And some teams just lose in the first game. And it's just like, well, why'd they get in over this team, which should have made it, you know, especially with mid majors because of the amount of, you know, quality wins. And so it's always, I feel like it's such a stressful job to make a bracket, you know, beyond the bracket uh, committee. I would hate it, honestly, because I'd just be like, I feel like you just got to do so much research and so much, you know, like commitment and like just looking at all sorts of statistics and numbers of like quad one wins, quad one losses, you know, net ranking, strength of schedule, all that stuff. 
because there's so many teams, you know, they're on the bubble. And so, and obviously these tournaments, some of them, this is their only way to get in. And as everyone, as you know, if you, you know, college basketball, if you win your tournament, you're automatically in your conference. So one of these like mid majors, you know, like you've seen it with like, it was like Murray state in the OVC Ohio Valley. If they lost, they still would have gotten in as an at-large for sure. Cause they had such a great season. That team though, that one that wasn't going to get in would steal one of the bubble spots from one of those teams because they have to be in because they won. And so like things like that can happen too. But like if one of these teams like Indiana wins the big 10, then they're in automatically, you know? So you never know what can happen, but yeah, it's can't wait for March Madness selection. Sunday is going to be awesome. Matt and I are going to dive fully into the bracket next week, which is going to be great. And yeah, this is going to wrap up this no notes podcast episode. I don't know the specific episode. I think it's, like 53, 54, 52, somewhere around there. I, It'll be in the title, all that good stuff. But thank you guys for, for listening, watching, subscribing. Make sure to check us out on Spotify, Apple, and YouTube. We have audio and video version of these episodes. And no notes, we're also on Instagram. It, Matt and I, we normally post Mondays and Fridays. We try to keep that schedule. It's been a little rocky, you know, busy, you know, busy with stuff going on in life, but that's our, that's our schedule. That should be the schedule next week. And you'll see Matt tomorrow. I or yeah, tomorrow from this episode, which is Saturday for me, because tonight is Thursday. You will see Matt with a special birthday episode for me. Like I said, I have no clue what it is. So super excited about that, but I hope you guys enjoyed just me talking this time. And, you know, I just had to get that episode. I had to get all this out. I wanted to express this all you know, just so much that had happened and I hope you guys enjoy and I might do this stuff more often. Matt might too. Like if one of us can't make it, might just start doing a little more soul episodes. Cause I, I personally enjoyed this and I hope you guys did too. And like I said, you'll see Matt tomorrow, but I hope you guys have a good weekend and get a lot of sports in, you know, watch a lot of college basketball and NBA and obviously when the MLB starts. So yeah, thank you guys and have a good weekend.